0: Welcome to King's Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. Uh, uh, those are good things. You know, I was as I was praying Thursday morning. Um, I, I was filled with just this. Uh, I was smiling, walking. I pace. When I pray, I pace, because if I sit still, I'll fall asleep or I'll reach for my phone. You know what I mean? I need to do something when I'm praying. I need to move my body or walk or something, or else I just get really bored. It's the same with an audiobook. Anybody, audiobook listeners? Um, how many people are like, I will never read an audiobook, only physical copy? Yes, <laughs> How many audio? I'm an audiobook listener unless I have time, which is not <laughs> very often. And so even when I audiobook, I have to do something or else I get really bored. And so I was pacing the living room floor Thursday morning, and I just felt like the Lord was just telling me how much he loved King's Church and how, how much he loved the courage and the bravery and the heroism and the, 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 the spirit that stands against the spirits of the age. You know, every age there are spirits of the age, every time there's certain fashionable ideas and demonic doctrines that are trying to destroy the church and destroy the people of God. And then there are a people of God that call, God calls out and up to battle the spirits of the age. If you look through the book of Je- Revelation, in certain cities there are certain spirits that they really wrestle with. And one city, Jezebel, which represents sexual immorality and the family disjointed and manipulation, that city is dealing with that spirit. And right now we are a church, we are a region, not just a church, but a region that's dealing with the spirit of fear. Correct? I mean, that's a no-brainer, am I right? Spirit of fear is running rampant and, and everyone needs to be closed down and locked down and tied up and the world is going to end and all of these kind of things are happening, and it's empowered by lots of different forces in our world. Uh, it's, it stands against the church. It stands about against believers coming together. It separates and divides people. Usually, when you see individuals divided and especially isolated, that's a mark of hell. Isolation is a marker of hell. Community is a mark of the kingdom, right? Isolation leads to uh, the, the proverb says uh, the man who isolates that 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 goes his own direction and is away from all his friends and relationship seeks his own desire and rages against all sound wisdom. That isolation is insane. And if it's not insane, it creates insanity, which is why we have the highest rate of suicide in middle school and high school girls in the history of our nation by 30 or 40 percent. Girls killing themselves because especially at that age, they need community. Especially at that time in life, they need other friends and relationships to encourage them as they're changing and they're freaking out on the inside. The enemy loves to divide and isolate. And I just felt like the Lord was saying about this year, 2022, King's Church, like the Lord was saying, welcome heroes. Welcome brave ones welcome those of you who have not submitted to the spirit of the age welcome to a new year i don't know if anybody else heard this but there's a meme popping around and it says it's 2022 and it's it's 2022 2020 another time has anybody seen that meme going around wouldn't the devil love for you to expect chaos and death and destruction and division out of this year Wouldn't the lie of the enemy say to you, wouldn't he love to say to you, expect to die. Expect to be divided again. Expect riots again. Expect disease again. Expect death again. That's really what he says. You know, the enemy came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's his modus operandi. That's his plan on the earth. I want to jump into the scripture because it's easy to look at a world and look at situations and circumstances and say, it's really, really bad. God must not be with us. I want to read 2 Kings 7. Just as a caveat on this point, I don't actually think God's with everyone. P.S. I think God's chastising some of his people. I think he's disciplining some of his people, actually. But there are those that God is with. And I'm going to read this, 2 Kings chapter 7. And there were... F- no, I don't want to get... Oh, I almost jumped. Um, and this was the saying in Israel and the woman cried and it said, and the king said to her, what aileth thee? And she said, this woman said, give me your son that we may eat him. And tomorrow we will eat my son. So they acted upon this dark covenant. I mean, we're talking about as bad as it possibly gets. We're talking about that. It doesn't actually get worse in the human condition than someone eating their child. Am I right? Right. Yeah, like this is like, the, this is like the worst, lowest place of both exterior chaos, external chaos, plus the corruption of the actual individual that's willing to do that. Because you can have external chaos, right? We have a world, there's storms, there's chaos, there's stuff that goes on, but it's a combination of external chaos, plus even the character of the people themselves is corrupted and wicked. And so they, they join in this dark covenant to eat their own child. And then, you know, obviously, you know, it it makes sense to you. After the one, this one horrific act takes place, the mother is like, now she's not hungry anymore. So she's like, yeah, let's not actually eat my kid today. And the king is on the wall and he sees this situation and he says, this is literally the most horrific thing that can possibly happen. And he breaks down weeping. And he covers himself in sackcloth and ashes. Second Kings uh, goes on. The story goes on. And the king says this. He says, find me the man of God. Find me the the voice of God. This is the guy that represents God. This is Elisha he's the prophet that does the most miracles of any prophet in the old testament like if anybody represents god or or prophetically symbolizes jesus coming elisha more than anybody his miracles do you know the, there's an, you know there's the, there's the loaves and the fishes miracle you know that that jesus miracle do you know elisha does that first in second kings did you know that right you know that there's all kinds of symbolism that jesus walks in because jesus says this he says i don't do anything that i haven't seen my father do and so he sees in the old testament he sees his his marching orders he sees what he's called to do well the king is so broken and he's so frustrated and there's so much chaos going on around him his only response is find me the man that represents god and i'm going to kill him He says, this is what he says. He says, if his head stays on his shoulders tomorrow, you can kill me. That's how badly I want the man of God dead. And and can you get the psychology? Like he's looking at the circumstances and he's saying, it's God's fault. I want to lash out against God. That's what he's doing. Because Elisha represents God's voice. He's the prophet. He's the man of God. He's the one who walks in the miraculous. So the king says, I want God dead. I want this guy that represents the voice of God to be dead now. Because where is he? Why hasn't he saved us? Why are we still in this pain? Why is there still corruption in the soul of my people? Why are the circumstances so dire? 2 Kings verse uh, chapter 7 now, instead of chapter 6. It says this, And there were four leprous men at the entering uh, in of the gate. And they said to one another, Why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine that is in the city, and we shall die there. If we sit here, we will die also. Now, therefore come and let us fall into our host, the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, then we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. So the Syrian army at this point, the context is that they have surrounded uh, this city in Israel and they're about to, they're just basically waiting for them to either all die or give up. And sometimes um, in those contexts, they were just happy if everybody died. Sometimes they didn't even want them to give up at all. And the lepers are there and they're outcasts, right? They're not inside the city. <laughs> they have their own discoloration. They have their own kind of stamp of disapproval from the God society. They walk in this, their own corruption and they're like, listen, <laughs> we don't have any options anymore. And the option in the nation of Israel is like, everybody's just kind of sitting there waiting to die. That's what's happening. It says that a donkey's head sells for a million dollars and a sheep's dung sells for two billion dollars. Like, it's insane what's happening inside the city because everyone's starving to death. And the lepers are on the outside of the city and they just say basically, like, all we can do is throw ourselves toward our adversaries because there's nothing else we can do. We have to go over to where our adversaries are. We have to communicate with them. We actually just have to confront this gigantic Syrian army, we're Jews. We're we're, we're not only Jews, so they'd want to kill us. We're leprous Jews, so they doubly would want to kill us, right? It's not like they're like, hey, some lepers, come on over, guys. Have a bite of my sandwich, you know? Not going to happen. You know, there's there's something about God, and I don't fully understand his ways. None of us do. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, as high as the heavens are above the earth, right? So much higher are his ways and thoughts. But sometimes God needs to take people to the point of death for them to change. That's really the truth. Sometimes we're so full of pride and so full of arrogance and so full of, I know the way, I have it figured out. It's going to be my way or the highway, God. That he has to actually literally take us to the point of like, I don't really, I don't, I can't do anything else, but I have to move somewhere. I have to literally make a move. And it's a wild story because the guy, the king's servant, is he runs to Elisha. He's like, hey, you know, we're supposed to chop your head off here. I'm supposed to tell everyone, time to chop your head off, Elisha. And Elisha says, Go back and tell the king that tomorrow all of the, all of your city is going to plunder the camp of the Assyrians and that a loaf of bread will cost a penny and that whatever, like the, the incredible level of poverty that you have, the whole world is going to be reversed in a single day. And it's actually not reversed because the king believes the word of God. It's not reversed because all of a sudden the people... Repent and start acting righteously. It's not, it's, it's the the victory doesn't come because the city does anything. It's these four lepers who are willing to be brave. Who are willing to be bold. And it's not like, it wasn't their victory, obviously. We're going to get into it in a second. The victory was completely, totally, wholly, solely God's victory. It was nothing that they did. They just actually showed up. But I feel like that, we're living in a time right now, in a season uh, with obviously in New York State, we have the highest uh, COVID rates in the region. I get calls every day from people asking for prayer, of being afraid that they're going to die or their family members going to die. Um, it, it's all kinds of chaos and, and um, confusion and fear, as we know, and we've talked about this quite a bit. Fear freezes people, right? Like you, you, you get somebody that's scared of heights and you get them two steps up the ladder and they're like frozen. They just can't, even, they can't do anything at all. They can't move. They can't make a decision. So it makes sense that the people of God in the city are stuck. They're stuck in their patterns and position. They're not doing anything. But these guys that are close to their own death... These guys that don't even care about their life anymore are brave enough to do something. You know, the baptismal is supposed to be about the death of our lives. Christianity is in part not just this story where we say a prayer and accept Jesus and then we go on this adventure with him and we're, you know, we're riding horses together with Jesus. Say, I don't love your horses. Anybody? Anybody? One. Yes. Colton. Yes. It's a Christian song. It's okay. The the, the Christian journey is not just about an adventure in God. It's first about your own death. It is the message that's been forgotten to be preached in the church that the Christian journey is first that you die. You die, and Jesus lives in you and through you. And even if you're a leprous, corrupt Israelite, you die and Jesus can live through you and use you for the victory and salvation of peoples. They're full of corruption. They're, they, they're, their bodies are full of leprosy. They have nothing in their intellect or their, the way they look or any of those things to make them uh, persuade the Assyrians. But these people whose lives are at the point of death, they just say, I don't care about my life anymore. I'm just going to move forward and see what happens, see what God would do. I, 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 there's, there's believers right now in this season, uh, maybe you're here, maybe you're watching, and you're in a place that's frozen, you're in a place that's stuck, and you're like, God, why won't you come through? I'm so mad at you right now because you haven't done the victory. But the dead man actually moves with Christ. The dead man isn't alive anymore for himself. The dead man isn't living for his own needs or his own wants. The the whole journey is not about, hey, I'm going to come, and I can't wait to encourage you this morning about your finances. Woo! You know, I want to encourage you about your finances if you're a dead person because then your finances are for the kingdom of heaven and to bless those around you, not just for you. So this is what happens. It's such a crazy story. And it says, and they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp, the the outside part of the camp, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great host. And they said to each other, lo, the king of Israel, he has hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come among us and... The Syrians got up and ran for their lives. I think it's funny because this, I, uh, the, the scripture is very particular. So these people say, I don't care about my life anymore. I'm going to move forward. And this is the first verse it says, and they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp. You know, when you read that in the Strong's, that word, the twilight, it says the period of obscurity, Do you know when you first stand for God, when you first say, my life is not my own, God, I'm moving forward and pursuing you, there's an initial period of obscurity. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do. I don't have the plan laid out. And that's how God likes it. That's where he likes to do miracles and come through for his children, his sons and daughters. verse 6 and when they rose up in the twilight to come to the camp of the Syrians they were come to the utter, the uttermost parts verse 7 says wherefore they arose the Syrians rose and fled and left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was and they fled for their life and while these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp they went into the tent and one did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment clothing, and went and hid it, and came again, and entered into another tent, and carried there also, and went and hid it. You know, usually at the beginning of a year, I will be charismatic and ask the Lord for a word for the year. Has anyone said, Lord, can you give me a word for the year? Yeah? And so, um, I've done that for the last couple of years, and... I was praying Thursday morning, just feeling like the Lord was encouraging me about our church, King's Church, our community, how heroic you all are, how brave you are, how you've stood against the tyranny of fear, the spirits of the age. And I felt like the Lord said, I have something I wanna say about 2022. And I just was kind of praying and waiting. And I felt like the Lord said, 2022, is my year it's the year of the Lord it's not your year it's not some special word for you 2020 year two is the year of the Lord and I immediately remembered Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter four that Jesus stands up with the scroll and he declares this is the year of the favor of the Lord we as believers are always looking for a new strategy and a new idea and a new symbol or some kind of n- new prophetic word. And, I, and they come and I'm not, I don't mean to disparage them, but there's something fundamental about this. And let me read it to you. It says this in Luke chapter four. Then Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and this was his custom. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. A little caveat here. So we know Jesus goes to church. That's what that, that's the idea. This was his custom to enter the synagogue on the Sabbath. And when he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet of Isaiah, which was handed to him, unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. And this is, um, this is, Jesus literally. So this is the version of Luke. Jesus leaves the wilderness. He's tempted by the devil. And this is the first act that he does. He comes to his hometown in Luke's version. And this is what happens. He doesn't do the Cana miracle. He doesn't do whatever. This is what Luke describes. And unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The inception of Jesus' ministry was to declare the favorable year of God. And then he rolled up the scroll and returned it to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began by saying, "Today this scripture is fulfilled in your're hearing." <laughs> Imagine that. He hands the guy the scroll and then sits down and says, "Yeah, that's me. The Lord has anointed me. The sovereign God has anointed me. to release the captives, to free the prisoners, to heal the broken. To declare a brand new epoch of time in the history of man. A year of the favor of God. Check this out. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. We then with Jesus Christ work with him in his favorable year. First Corinthians chapter 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. We together with God are laboring with him for the favorable year of the Lord to to be upon this land. And the world looks at us and says, yo, it's all going down. We're all going to die tomorrow. Everything, it's over. And the Lord says exactly the opposite thing. He says, if you will stand in faith, if you will move, if you will reckon yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the Lord's year and the year of the favor of the Lord for your lives, for your marriages, for your jobs. This is the year of the favor of the Lord for our city, for our salvation. There has never been a time where people are so desperate for Jesus. There's never been a place that so needs Jesus as New York City right now in the year 2022. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. This is the year of the vengeance of our God. Isaiah 61. This is what this is the fulfillment of the Scripture to bring the good news to the poor, the poor, the poor, those who are in need, those who are in lack. Not the people that just don't have enough money, but they're filled with their own way and they're full of arrogance and pride. No, the poor, those in need. This is the year for the good news to be received by the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. Not the person that says, I'm fine. I don't need it. I don't need Jesus. The brokenhearted. It's the year for them to be bound up. For their healing to come. This is the year of the favor of the Lord. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison for those who are bound. When the year of the Lord's favor comes, freedom comes. Uh, A signal of the kingdom of hell is that captivity is among us. signal of the kingdom of heaven is that freedom is in our midst. And this is what it says, and, and Jesus said this, he said, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's, that, that word favor in Luke chapter 4, this is a Greek word, dektos, this is what it means. It says, it denotes a time that is most blessed, a time when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That in a city, in a place, where they're so wicked that they're eating their own children that the free favor of God would save their lives. That through this crazy thing with, with these, with these uh, lepers, that, that salvation would come to a people that don't deserve it. The year of the favor of the Lord. God, we thank you for 2022. Lord, we thank you for the year that is the Lord's. God, I declare over every need in this house, God, every every single person that's desperate for marriage, God, every financial situation that needs to be fixed, God, every uh, sick body, whether COVID or Finney with cancer, I declare in Jesus' name the year of the favor of the Lord. God, we stand in a time where our land is under siege, God, where fear is rampant. God, where people are being hidden and locked away. God, where death is real. But, Lord, we won't declare the the execution of the word of God. We'll declare with your promises the year of the favor of the Lord. Church, why don't you stand up with me? If you would go home today and if you would write, the pastor has a word for the year, I want you to write two things. I want you to write, this is God's year. This is the Lord's year. And this is who the Lord is. For those of you who found in Christ Jesus, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. That his grace and mercy would be abundant in your life. That his freedom and healing would blow your minds away. because Jesus died on the cross and he was torn apart. His his body was was broken. His blood was shed in order for there to be this new established covenant. I I mean epoch. I mean a brand new time that creates and establishes a brand new relational paradigm between God and man. That it doesn't matter if they're broken lepers. It doesn't matter if they don't have the right words. That just coming in and trusting Christ Jesus, dying to our sins and being raised in life in him, creates a brand new relationship where we no longer stand under the year of tyranny or the year of famine or the year of pain or sickness or death, but we can stand in the favorable year of the Lord. Just lift your hands like this to me like you're going to receive a a present from God. God, we at King's Church here in New York City and King's Church all over the country, God, we receive in the name of Jesus the favor of, year of our Lord. 2022 will not be a, a repeat of 2020. It will be an acceleration of the kingdom of God, where the Lion of Judah roars over the people of God. God, where there's acceleration like we haven't seen before, where the brokenhearted are bound up, where the poor are given the gospel, where your kingdom established and it grows, Father, in the midst of a dark and crooked generation that your kingdom grows. There is no decrease to your government, but only increase to your government and peace, God. And let it be said so in our time, in our season, in our city, in the circumstances that surround our life. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, sing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We really believe that God wants you to know him in a personal and tangible way. If there's any way we can assist your journey, please reach out to kcnyc.org.